Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number five of the Talking Blues podcast. We are Chelsea American, uh, American Chelsea podcast flip the words there um today i am joined by josh peter can't be with us today but he will be back next episode um josh how are you doing today i'm good alex i'm good i'm ready to talk some chelsea i'm excited to preview this game against liverpool which is tomorrow for us at 11:30 a.m if i'm correct alex you yep. double check. yep 11:30 a.m so that would be about 4 30 in the afternoon for all you in the uk um and we're, we're excited. Uh, a little worried if we're, you know, giving up that one goal against Brighton and we're starting Keppa again in this game, which, you know, we'll get into our lineups in a little bit. That kind of worries me with how many attacking players Liverpool has. Um, so I think it's going to be a scary game, but I think it's definitely going to be a fun podcast for us um, if we're able to talk about a draw or even a win. But I definitely think that a draw would definitely show how good Chelsea is this season and kind of how they uh, are able to rebound from this Brighton game where they look tired and, you know, they didn't really play well against a team that could be facing relegation towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool against Leeds did look shaky defensively, especially. Um, If our defense can hold up against, you know, their front three, which has been potent um, last season and even starting, you know, against Leeds, I think we will be able to win this game. We're strong going forward. I think their defense is a little bit shaky after winning the title. They're, you know, seems like they lost a little something there. I think it's definitely a winnable game. Um, but I think we're going to have to make a few adjustments um, from last week against Brighton in order to uh, win the game, in my opinion. Yeah, and we actually saw from Virgil van Dijk, who's one of the best, if not the best defenders in the world, um, make some shaky mistakes in that Leeds game. I just don't see how Liverpool can't fix that, though. These are easy mistakes that they can fix. Um, Obviously, Leeds is a team that is coming in, you know, that were out of this league for, I think it was 16 years. I still can't seem to remember how long it's been, but I think that's, that's, that's the time period. And if they're able to score three goals against Liverpool, um, and obviously if they're you know not able to fix it, this is pretty. Um, I can't think of the word predictable stuff. I guess that I'm saying are, are very 
in you know stuff that you can think about yourself but if they had these same mistakes and Chelsea's a way better team in my opinion than Leeds United I could definitely see us getting the win here but I, I don't know I feel like Liverpool's too good of a team and too smart of a team to have those mistakes two games in a row um, and you know I, I think they're definitely upset from that 4-3 win um, win or not same thing with Brighton Chelsea three win uh, three to one win for Chelsea sorry and you know we're, we're still not really that happy about it because we didn't like what we saw from our players so you know I think it's the same situation with Liverpool and I think it's two teams just trying to rebound from a win and I know that's like the weirdest statement to make but I think it's true I mean Alex what do you think am I am I talking crazy here no I don't think so um obviously there's even been history between Jurgen Klopp and Frank Lampard with Klopp making some comments about Chelsea's spending, um, but, you know, whatever. He's just, I guess, a little bit upset that he can't spend a lot of money. Um, in general, I think it's definitely going to be a heated game. We're definitely going to have to pay attention on the sidelines. Um, our last matchup against them, we lost 5-3. Um, that was towards the end of the season once they had already won the title, so we're going to have to see um, how this game goes. But I guess now let's just get into our lineups so let's start uh, formation-wise. I have a 4-3-3. I do once again uh, have a 4-3-3 as well, Alex. I don't know why I just said I do once again. But uh, yeah, I, I do as well. Um, I think it's going to be a little different with the players that we have starting. Just a little bit. Um, but you know what? I'll have you start with the goalkeeper because I started last time. Made the mistake of starting Keppa Or not starting Keppa, Starting Caballero. Um, that didn't work too well for me, but also Kepa didn't really look that well in goal. So I guess I had a point to make. For me, goalkeeper, I think it's Kepa again. I, I don't see Caballero starting. I, I, I think it's Kepa. I think he gets probably his final chance in a Chelsea uniform, um, Chelsea kit. It, it's. I think this is it for him. He has to have a big game. Uh, otherwise, I don't see him because the arrival of Edward Mendy is appearing to be closer and closer. I think as soon as he arrives, he will be taking over the one, number one position unless Kepa really turns it around. So I think Frank Lampard's going to put him in there one more time, knowing that he has something to prove and hopefully uh, has a better performance this game. So I completely agree with you. Obviously, we're recording this on Saturday morning, and the news keeps on getting closer and closer that it'll be announced today, I'm hearing, tomorrow I'm hearing, um, within the next few days. Obviously, they want him there as quick as possible. So we'll see what happens with the Mendy situation. Um, we obviously touched on that um, in the Roger Gonzalez interview that you'll hear in a few minutes. And um, so, yeah, I do have Kepa Rizablaga starting. Um and I don't know. I had a pause there because I'm still not too happy about it. But, you know, it is what it is. So that that's it's fine with me. So, I mean, I guess we'll move on. Uh, go to the – you want to start right back or left back? I'll start with the right back. Who do you have at right back? So now I think it's time. I think that we're going to have – or now I'm guessing I'm going to the whatever. Okay, I just kind of messed it up there. I have Reese James at my right back, um, but I think now since I said it, I, I kind of toured with it a little bit there because I messed myself up because usually he's starting at right back. Now I have Asby back. I have him starting at left back. 
Uh, I think we we give Alonzo a break, um, and I and I don't think he starts. Am I? Uh, um, I was gonna say, am I saying that right? I don't know, and it definitely could be Marcus Alonzo. Um, obviously, when we went through this the first time with the Brighton preview, you guys did not agree with me, uh, or Alex. I don't know if you had Asby in your lineup, but. I know Peter was saying how he doesn't like having him too early, and he thinks that Frank will wait a little bit until um, he's fully healthy. Um, I want him in there as soon as possible, and I think this is the game to put him in because it's an important game for Chelsea. Um, I have Reese James also at right back, but I actually do have Mark Alonso at left back. I don't think they're going to want to rush Aspie back. Um, I think Mark Alonso actually had a pretty good game defensively against Brighton, so especially against an attacking uh, fullback and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who he's going to be going up against. He could definitely find some gaps there going forward, so I really like that matchup there. Um, so I, I have Mark Alonso on the left side. Um, I'll do the center backs before we go to you for the center backs. I've got uh, Kurt Zuma and Christensen. I think the same duo as last game. They played pretty well. I really don't think that goal that went in against us was their fault, to be honest. So... Uh, I really liked what I saw from them, and I think they're going to be um, going back in against Liverpool. Yeah, and we weren't really high on Andreas Christensen going into the season. We thought Rudiger was the starting um, center back, but he played really well uh, against Brighton, like surprisingly well, um, if you could tell from how I kind of phrased that. Uh, his positioning was you know, superb, and his tackling was often perfectly timed, something we really don't see from Andreas Christensen, or at least last season. Um, and he played a big part in stopping the attacks from Brighton. And I think with Zuma, he was very solid. And he also, you know, he 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 paired well with Christensen. I can't think of the of the word. What is that? Synergy, I guess. But you know, he played well with Andreas Christensen. Um, that duo, I think we should keep in this game. So yes, I agree with you, Alex Christensen and Zuma, the starting center backs in game two. Yeah, they definitely had good chemistry. I think that's the word you were going for yes. there. Thank you. Um, in the midfield for our midfield three, I have N'Golo Conte. I have Mateo Kovacic back from a suspension. We didn't realize that last time. Um, and I have Kai Havertz in that number 10 role where he is actually supposed to be playing, not out wide right. So I have him there um, playing that Ruben Loftus-Cheek kind of role that uh, he was playing last game. Now, this is... Okay, so I'll get into my first two. Conte and Kovacic, I think that's pretty easy. Um, you know, those are kind of no-brainers for me. What is not a no-brainer, Kai Havertz, as all the Chelsea fans said on Twitter, as we mentioned last episode, um, he didn't look that good. He didn't. He wasn't in his you know normal position, as Alex did mention. But I... I'm going with Kai Havertz. I am. I think Frank wants him wants to see him, you know, in that uh, center attacking mid where he usually plays normally. Um, I was debating whether to put Mason Mount or Ross Barkley in, but I think it's tough when you're, you know, paying some someone that much money. But as we know, Frank isn't, you know, too shy from setting those guys out, no matter how much you're paying them. But yeah, I, I think you have to give him a chance in his normal position. He wasn't playing his normal position, and I think that's why he didn't look that good. Yeah, I totally agree there. Um, moving on to the front three, 
this one's going to be interesting. Now moving Kai Havertz back um, into the midfield and obviously Christian Pulisic being out. I have Callum Hudson-Odoi starting on that left side. Um, and I think he's going to get his chance this game. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Definitely some a more flashy player out there on the left. And on the right, I have Mason Mount. He's going to be playing that role that we saw him play a lot towards the end of the season. And up top, I have Timo Werner. Uh, no shockers there. And I really like seeing that lineup. Callum Hudson-Odoi, Timo Werner have lots of pace there. So we could definitely hit Liverpool pretty well on the counterattack. So I, I like what I'm seeing there. All right, so I have the same people starting as long as... Sorry, Alex, I didn't catch that last part. You have Timo Werner starting in your in your lineup. Yep, I do, of course. Uh, yeah. Performance from last game definitely deserves him. Uh, another chance, not that he needs another chance. <laughs> so, yeah, I have Timo Werner starting at striker as well, and then the same people starting at wings, except I have Callum Hudson-Odoi starting at right wing. Um, he made an appearance against Brighton, obviously. I wanted him starting against Brighton, that didn't happen. Uh, he didn't really change the game, but you can't really really expect him to change the game with 10 minutes left. Uh, and then I have Mason Mount at left wing. Obviously, we were talking about this uh, two episodes ago, I think, or uh, you know, a few episodes ago, where you know Alex doesn't really value him or he didn't know where to put him as a starting role on Chelsea. Uh, he was debating to put him on loan, which we also mentioned in the interview with Dan Thomas. Um, all right, all right, all right. I'd like to clear that up. I'd like to clear no, that up. I, let me finish. Let me finish, and then you can go. Right now, Mason Mount really has a starting role on this team, and I don't see that going away anytime soon unless he's tired and he wants a game off or Frank Lampard wants to sub him out for a, a player for, for a game or two, whatever. Mason Mount's going to start at left wing. Now, he showed his stuff once again in, in the Brighton game. He didn't really have a nice, like, you know, flashy game, but he was effective. He made four tackles. He kept working off the ball to deny opportunities and, and open space that Brighton had. And I think he'll start for the Blues. I think there's there's nothing that he's not, like, that it, that he's bad at is what I'm trying to get at. Like, there, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a starting role. I mean, and, you know, you do have Ziyech and you have Pulisic that are injured, and that's a definite reason. But as long as they're injured, and even when they're not injured, I could see him rotating with Kai Havertz. I think he's that main guy to rotate with Kai Havertz when everyone's back and fully healthy. Now you may clear up whatever you need to clear up, Alex. I will give you that free time. All I would like to say is I was just kind of posing the question, what if we loan out Mason Mount? I didn't exactly have that opinion. I just kind of posed the question. We've mentioned this multiple times. I'm clearing it up. Done. All right, Josh, I guess if you don't have anything else, let's uh, go to our interview with Roger Gonzalez. We are back now with a very special guest, Roger Gonzalez. He is a writer for CBS Sports and is on Twitter at RGonzalezCBS. How's it going today? Doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. We're doing well. We're happy to have you on the podcast today so we can talk some Chelsea. Obviously, this is a Chelsea Chelsea podcast, so um, we got to talk about the signing. So I want to start off with that, Uh, and I want to ask you, is there any player that excites you the most that was able to sign with Chelsea during the summer? Well, I mean, obviously the club had had a big summer, brought in a lot of really good players. Uh, I mean, I think Kai Havertz is – 
one of the best up and coming players in the world, a future Ballon d'Or winner. I rate him higher than I do other Bundesliga talents like Jaden Sancho and, and Erling Haaland. I think he is uh, on his way to becoming one of the top few players in the world. So uh, I like him a whole lot more than I would say, you know, a Timo Werner, who I think is obviously a really good player. Hakim Ziyech, I think is one of the best wingers in the world and someone who's so underrated. Uh, he's, you know, obviously he was a star at Ajax who scored unbelievable goals, can hit the ball from range so, so well. I think he is uh, the, the second best signing they've had. But obviously, you know, Chelsea made a lot of good moves over the summer. But yeah, certainly Havertz, I think, is the best move any Premier League team made. Um, so what do you think? Obviously, it was quite a hefty fee for him. So you think that a fee is worth it for him? Well, the, the market's always inflated, even during a pandemic. I mean, we've seen some of these teams splash the cash, and, you know, not normal, not as much as in the past. But, you know, if you want a, a, an elite player, you're going to pay over $100 million, uh, nowadays. So, you know, I mean, I think it's maybe a bit surprising how much the team has spent. You know, we saw uh, even Jurgen Klopp criticize Chelsea a bit for the business they've made over the summer. But, you know, I mean, yeah, you have to pay the price tag for a player like that, and I think it certainly shows – you know, Chelsea's ambition is obviously a team that, you know, before the Russian takeover, they were a fairly small club historically with not a whole lot of success and, you know, have certainly uh, flourished, you know, having the financial backings and and they continue to have it. And, you know, I mean, it's easier said than done. I I would pay the price tag for Kai Havertz just because I think he's, he's that special of a player. and, And I think he'll prove that. Obviously uh, the first game of the season against Brighton, Kepa, um, Ariz Blaga missed a really, uh, we, we talked about this last episode, but it, we thought it was not the, you know, the easiest save to make, but a save that especially at how much Kepa's getting paid, he can make as a goalkeeper uh, and he wasn't able to do so. So do you know, well, what are your thoughts on him? And then obviously the situation with Edward Mendy right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Kep is an average goalkeeper at best. I never thought he was overly impressive at Athletic Bilbao. You know, La Liga is the league I would watch more than any other league uh, in Europe. So he's someone who I never, you know, I was surprised he, he went to Chelsea in the first place, you know, uh, with, with Sarri wanting him. Uh, I think he's average. I think he does a terrible job with those balls that are from outside the box that you feel like he should save. I mean, I certainly feel like that, that goal in the opener, he, he should have saved it. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that in my mind. So yeah, I think, you know, the Chelsea is a team that obviously has a really strong roster and they can contend for trophies. But I think when it comes to contending for the Premier League or the Champions League, I think they're going to need a, a better goalkeeper. So, you know, if they go out and get Mendy or some of these other goalkeepers that, you know, they've been linked with. There's certainly a lot of good ones of, of value where you don't have to pay a price tag even close to, to that of, you know, what Chelsea paid Bill Bow for the release clause. So, yeah, average goalkeeper and, and certainly one that needs to be upgraded for them to be a serious contender. So Christian Pulisic um, is announced that he is going to be out um, for this upcoming weekend's game against Liverpool, obviously a very big game for Chelsea. Um, I taught, I think you wrote something about his injury situation. So what are your thoughts on the whole situation? How soon do you think he's going to be able to come back? Yeah, I mean, the injury, you know, it was a little bit concerning at the beginning. Uh, the people close to him have told me that, you know, they weren't overly concerned about it. They figured, you know, he would be back. You know, he was available. He was going to be, you know, potentially available to play in during the opening weekend from what I've been told. And 
um, they expected him really to return two weeks after that. So, you know, in, in another, another week or so was the original anticipated timeline. I mean, I think Chelsea obviously has, you know, has some depth and they can, they can be cautious with him and, and, you know, make sure he's, you know, 110% ready to go uh, when the time comes. So, you know, I think for him, obviously, you know, he's someone who's determined and, and works hard and wants to, to get back on the pitch as soon as possible. But, you know, you have to prioritize your health there and, you know, he'll be fine. I'm sure we'll see him before long. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he obviously impressed. I thought he was the best player on the team uh, for half of the season last season. And, you know, he'll get his chance here soon. And, you know, Chelsea obviously can use him, you know, with, with him in the lineup and his speed and how dynamic he is. Um, they're obviously better with him. And, you know, we, it won't be long before we see him again. So now moving into La Liga, like you mentioned before, the Lionel Messi situation, kind of the big shock of this whole transfer window. Obviously, nothing really ended up happening. Um, So what are your thoughts on that whole situation? We saw him play um, in a preseason game, scored two goals. So he looks to be fitting in nicely, um, still is the captain of Barcelona. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he's still going to work hard. He's still the best player in the world, and, and he's still going to produce. But there's obviously, you know, no denying that the the relationship is a, is a bit fractured. Whether you know between him and and the 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 board, the 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 president, there's a lot of friction there. Um, you know, I think it's Messi, someone who's always you know who has in the past gone back on his decisions, whether it was retiring from the Argentina national team and then continuing to play. Um, so I think you know this is a chance for Barcelona to to try to convince him over the season to to resign. Uh, I think a lot of people feel like this is just going to be it. He's going to see out the end of his contract and leave on a free transfer. But you know this is just beginning. Obviously, you know there's certain things Barcelona can do to try to keep him. They'll have presidential elections next year. Uh, you know maybe they bring in Xavi as a coach, who's obviously a friend of Messi's, and maybe he's someone who convinces him. So I don't think Barcelona sees this as a foregone conclusion that he's leaving. But they certainly have a lot of work to do to be able to keep him. Uh, so in the article you re- you wrote a, a few days ago, I think two or three days ago, about your power rankings of the Premier League, and you had Chelsea at four. Now they weren't that impressive against Brighton, and obviously Brighton isn't a you know a top five, top six, maybe even top ten team. Now playing this weekend against Liverpool, um, if Chelsea draws or even wins that game, could you definitely move them up from that four spot in your power rankings? Yeah, of course. You know those are obviously. Uh, so subjective and it's you know it's it's something that you know gets people talking because you know some people are going to agree with you and other people are going to think you're ridiculously crazy how you you know rank these teams so it's more for fun than anything else and nothing that should be taken you know overly serious but you know obviously if Chelsea is able to to get a result uh, against Liverpool I would certainly move them up and you know I think there's a chance that that, that they can especially if they can you know build off of that win against Brighton. Uh, yeah, obviously Brighton's a team that I think is going to be relegated and can't take too much away from, you know, a result uh, playing against a team like that. But also, you know, Chelsea just trying to kind of get into a rhythm with their new players. But that's certainly the match of the weekend and uh, has a lot of potential to, to be fun, just like the last time they played. So today, finally, um, for Liverpool fans, the signing of Thiago was announced um, from Bayern Munich. They finally agreed to pay that $30 million. Um, fee that Bayern were asking for so what do you think that addition is going to bring to Liverpool and will that help their title chances to do um, you know win the Premier League again this season yeah I mean he's a great player someone who you know had his chances at Barcelona showed a lot of potential and then you know when he went to Bayern Munich he took it to another level 
I think he's someone who will see sit, uh, you know, he can play kind of higher up in the midfield, but, you know, we also see him sometimes at Bayern sit a bit deeper. And I think we'll see that at Liverpool uh, working alongside Fabinho. Um, he's someone who can obviously distribute the ball to, to any part of the field and, and makes an already dynamic Liverpool team even that much better. Uh, and I think obviously just the price tag is it's such a reasonable fee, all things considered, when you think about some of the, the money other players are, are going for, you know, you talk about, uh, was it the Watkins guy that Villa signed uh, from Brentford, the, the striker, for what, 30 million? I mean, I take Tiago, you know, every single day over him, obviously, for that same price tag. Um, so it was a great bit of business for Liverpool, and I think it'll make a, a big impact and, and, and fairly quickly. So to end this off, I'm going to have to ask you uh, when this Premier League season ends, who are that t- the top four teams that make Champions League next season? Yeah, obviously tricky. I mean, I think Manchester City will win the league, um, you know, just because obviously it's so hard to go back to back. Liverpool sometimes has been a bit inconsistent. You know, we saw them not play that well against uh, against Leeds. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think City wins. Um, I think Liverpool uh, obviously gets into Champions League. And then, you know, the next couple, I mean, it's tricky there. I mean, I love Chelsea on paper. I think if they have the goalkeeping situation figured out, they they can really push the top two. Um so I would put Chelsea in there. And then the last one's really just Manchester United Arsenal. And I don't trust Manchester United. Uh, I don't like their defense. I think they lack a lot of quality players to, to be the Manchester United of old, that gold standard that they've set. Uh, and I think Arsenal is an intriguing team. So I would have United not make it the top four, maybe fifth or sixth, and then Arsenal slide in. I just think, you know, the Gunners with, with the attack that they have, uh, Gabriel looks really good in the opener defensively. You know, obviously the, the defense is their Achilles heel, um, and I'm not convinced that they have it fixed. But, um, you know, they've got some positive vibes going now after winning the FA Cup, after winning the Community Shield, and you know, I think they have a chance at a surprise. Roger Gonzalez is a writer for CBS Sports and is on Twitter at rgonzalezcbs. Thanks so much for coming on today. No problem, guys. Thank you for having me. That was our interview with Roger Gonzalez. We both really enjoyed it. Um, Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod. And I believe that is it for today's episode. So thank you for listening to Talking Blues, and we're going to see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.